Hey everyone, welcome back to Trinity. We are your hosts, my name is Angel Sanchez, with me I have Mr. Jacques Roger. Hello everyone, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Everybody's feeling good. I Just hope. Just two of us, but... <laughs> I hope everybody's feeling good. Um, on today's episode, Jacques wanted to take us through a couple of things, so I'll let him take the reins. Sure. So if when this is dropped, we've watched a good amount of FIFA World Cup by now and the heat they've been playing in, they've definitely had some moments where they've had to have hydration breaks, usually I think halfway through the the half. And it gets me thinking about timing of nutrition and hydration. And then you think about events such as maybe a marathon, which you do have hydration stations, but even maybe something such as tennis where you don't know how long a match is going to last and how do you prepare for that? How do you fuel yourself for it? You can be out there as short as, it could be as short as 20 minutes if your opponent retires with an injury. You could be out there for the longest match, I think is, has been 10 hours. That was over more, more than one day, but it, it just goes to show the extremes of, it's hard to, to plan for it. I just thought that that was something was worth us talking about. We haven't spoken in a while, but I want to hear what your thoughts on that were. If you were to be said a tennis athlete or even another athlete where that was something that would be something you have to consider. Um, yeah, I, I was actually thinking about something similar the other day, but it was more in regards to uh, you guys playing uh, rugby together, you and David. And yeah, you had we did, asked yeah. him a question about... Uh, cleats and i realized i was like oh my god i've never worn cleats before and mm. it just made me realize like how far and separated i am from that space um for better or for worse like i just never i guess i never got the call always on the bench bench warmer <laughs> bench warmer <laughs> no but uh yeah so i will say this like from a technical standpoint um for sure you do want to make sure you're hydrated for any event prior to like actual like playing the sport and you just got to be prepared for the long haul you know i think it becomes more difficult when there's more players on a team like if you're thinking about like uh tennis which you know max is like two people on the court right if you're playing doubles um that's a little bit easier to control but if there's like you know 12 you know, and then like backup players and like if there's a whole bunch of players that have to be on the same page, it can be a little bit harder to navigate that just because there's so many different things that go on in each and every player's lives. Mm. But um, hydration has to come first. Like you got to make that a priority and be prepared for the the worst of it. Right. Be prepared for the overtime. Be prepared for the long stretch. Be prepared for, you know, the humid days, the hot days. See what the schedule looks like you know, and plan that stuff, uh, plan acclimatization um, as much as you can beforehand. So that way, when you're, you know, in the heat, you're not just like struggling, even something as, um, you know, dynamic as the World Cup, which makes it even crazier, because you got a lot of players playing for, you know, their, their home country's team, and they haven't played with the other players before. And then it's like, they got to travel and then they got to, you know, figure that stuff out. And it's just a lot of different things, but I think that ahead of time, you should definitely take a look at the schedule, see who you're going to play as early as you can try to prep as much for that opponent, you know, for those opponents and where they're going to be played. And then, um, yeah, hydrate nutrition, um, focus on nutrition and things like that. I made some great points about planning ahead. I think that's the same when we talk about with our clients and their nutritional strategies. And, you know, if they find themselves going out for a concert or a game, 
knowing that the choices at that venue are not necessarily the best. And that's something I suggest to clients now all the time is if you're going, not saying eat, like stuff yourself before you go out, but I think eating a meal or hydrating before you go to an event of some sort helps you make better choices and you will make better choices very likely in those scenarios. And it goes down to that as well as like preparation, looking ahead, planning ahead where, okay, I'm going to be out for six hours tonight. So I know I'm not going to eat a, 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 like a, a regular sit down meal. And the same with like you were saying with athletes, like, okay, so we have a game today. Then our next game is Saturday. How do you hydrate or how do you plan to hydrate in those hours leading up to that match when you have to be ultimate peak performance? And like you said, sometimes your, your game time is dependent on if you're being a starter or a substitution. And then it's interesting you said that as well. Cause I know if I think back to like something like tennis, like you'd never know who your opponent is until like the day, the end of the day, you've just completed your match as well, because you're usually waiting on them to win their match too. Or they've won it just before you, or do you know your opponent if you potentially win yours? So there's that as well. But like you know, like they'll do like potential draw. Like mm-hmm. if assuming the top seed wins out every round, this is what it would look like. But uh, those are great points. And I think that it's interesting you mentioned as well playing with a national team. You don't typically train with them during the calendar year you do have your club and then come to the national tournaments that's when you do your stuff with your country but i was i was listening to the opening game of the world cup with qatar who was hosting it and they were pretty much alluding and saying to uh, the audience that that team had kind of been trained together as a club which mm. is very unusual for national teams to do that so and their their anticipation was what well, was the first time we've been in a major world cup or major competition want to be prepared for it, don't want to be an embarrassment. And um, that's the first time I've ever heard of a national team doing that. Like they would literally do everything as if they were a club to mm. to get that club um, like culture, if you will. So that's the first time I've ever heard that. And like, I understand be, you know, why they would, they would do that. But I just thought it was very, never heard anyone else do that. So it's very rare to hear that. It probably costs um, a lot of money to do that as well. That's another thing because it's like, yeah, you gotta get them. You probably have to incentivize them financially to take the time right. out of their training schedule and whatever regiment they're on, or even dragging somebody from the Bahamas, right? Like there are people who just want to enjoy their time off, but you got to like mm-hmm. say, all right, this is what we're take going to do. And there also has to be some sort of like foundation, maybe even a national pride for that team right at the very core, because people can, you know, say, we're going to pay for your flight, we're going to pay for your stay, we're going to help you do this, help you do that. You can still probably just say, you know what, I don't really, I want to enjoy the time with my family and friends, my Mm. off time, I don't want to, like, try to do this. So you have to have some sort of um, benefit there as well. And who knows, like, if it's there, it is there, it's the first time they're entered in this sort so for of... some that ever playing in a major event uh they usually i just don't think they ever get closer to qualifying mm. and um but something else you mentioned as well was um like incentives right mm-hmm. i don't maybe i'm really far off the mark on this one but i don't think that you get paid to pay for your country i think it's more just the honor mm-hmm. but i could be i could be it could be really off the mark maybe you get prize money but usually you don't it's usually you get paid by your club but i Mm. I could be really i feel like i saw someone saying they were giving up their estimated winnings to the world cup to a charity so i guess you do get paid something Mm -hmm. but it's not like 
that's not usually the reason why someone does it. It's more yeah. for like love the game or whatever, and the 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 opportunity to corrupt on your country. Um, but um, no, that's a good it's a good point. I, it's just very it's just very weird seeing it in the winter, the mm-hmm. the World Cup. It's usually in the summer, but then you talk about fitness, which you touched on, right? These leagues in Europe, when these events are being played, are usually at the end of their calendar year, so they're usually absolutely toast or done. Uh, whereas now that like they're in the halfway through their season kind of thing, so they're maybe in their best peak form going into this. And we'll see how like leagues adjust to it after the break, but it's it's very odd. But um, it, it's something different for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, and that um, you know, the marathon just passed by as well, right? And um, one of the things that which people... is very warm this year as well, wasn't it? It yeah, was it's extremely warm. warm. So you know the the thing about that was uh a it's typically not that warm in new york so people were probably training to have like a lot more of a you know cooler start a cooler finish all that stuff so the fact that it was just that much um warmer made it a lot harder for a lot of the athletes there so that was kind of weird and then the other one was the fact that when you're training in the cold training to prepare for the cold weather you want to almost think about it as having one less layer than you typically would if you were going out and like getting used to that and then seeing from there like how you can start to uh take layers down from there i was reading a couple of articles about that like cold weather training and how to help clients get acclimate uh acclimate uh my brain is messing up acclimated acclimated sure i think yeah acclimated yeah, yeah. helping Acclima- your clients get Acclima- acclim- acclimatized acclimated yeah. acclimatized acclimated getting acclimatized. your clients acclimatized. yeah um that's when you get acclimated on television oh, uh no nah, so you help them get acclimated um by like preparing them for the temperatures and helping them like understand these are the layers that you should be having when you go out there And then helping them navigate like, okay, how did that feel? Okay, was that too much? Was that too little? Things like that. And just layers um, would be key for something like that. Unfortunately, with, you know, this marathon that just passed, it was just so warm that people probably had on too many layers, if that. And then it was also just like so humid that it was, you know, people were sweating and losing Mm. a lot of water. Then towards, you know, the later half of it, um, people were just cramping up crazy. So I was out there. I was out there on the sidelines cheering some of my clients on, and then oh, your also, clients nice. And then also uh, rolling people out on the sidelines. So I bought like a couple of rollers, and I was just like noticing like how many people were just like cramped up, and people were just like done on the floor, just cooked. So, um, but it was definitely like you knew when you stepped outside, you knew it was just going to be that bad just because people and the weather changed so dramatically, like so quickly. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. even like people who lived in New York had a chance to um, get acclimated and then bounce back. It was just like one day it was in like the forties and fifties. And then the next day it was in the seventies. Boom. Yeah. So And that's race day. So, but yeah, definitely want to focus on, you know, layers definitely want to focus on getting prepared for it as much as you possibly can. And, uh, you know, if worse comes to worse, have that backup plan, have that emergency pack, have that, you know, whatever you need, whether it's like, um, 
you know, a roller to roll out your calves on the sideline, or it's like an extra pack of electrolytes, things like that. Um, and even something at home just prepared. So, you know, I remember when we um, had that podcast with uh, Tyson um, and he was talking about, um, you know, doing, uh, making sure like he knew like whether he won the match or didn't win the match, it was good game, not a good game. Um, like he still had that protein shake from his trainer. Like sometimes it's that little incentive that you need in the back of your head to say like, Hey, listen, no matter how this goes, I just know that I have this at the end of it. Right. So if it's Regardless. going, yeah, if it's going perfect, then excellent. It's like the ice, you know, the cherry on top. If it's going like terrible, then it's like, great. At least I have this incentive to just like get home to that. Yeah. So I know it won't be too bad. So yeah. So just that's what I was just thinking. And then also, um, uh, I was also reading, I mean, this is kind of like a segue, but I was also reading that the running in the cold weather sometimes makes it actually better. Like our body performs optimally in the colder climates mm. just because it almost uh, combats the inflammation. And it kind of makes sense, right? Because like anytime you get like uh, an inflammatory response, like sometimes having the ice there can help suppress it. But it was also like the body, um, it's it helps the body um, prevent breakdown as you're continuing to go out there and do whatever it is. So if you're running, it's very repetitive. Um, and it's not like the healthiest thing to do per se, in terms of like joint health, if you look at it through that perspective, but, um, what you do want to do is limit as much breakdown as possible if you can. So I was just, yeah, we, we, uh, that was the day the marathon was a day that like we lost power. I think I told you. And, um, so we went up to the upper west side where you know everyone usually finish well everyone does finish when they do finish and it was like a very infectious environment you know seeing everyone how everyone is caught up how everyone is uh like just feeling the energy of 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 the whole the whole day and uh i did notice you know you think uh, you do think to yourself i know you ran 30 miles on your 30th birthday just still impressed. This is very impressive. And we were talking about, would we ever run a marathon? And I was like, I don't know, like 26.2 is a, is a long way. I would consider it a 5k or 10k or half marathon. And I just remember the one thing my doctor said to me when it came to getting back into movement was like, just don't run, which don't really run. He's like, this is no need for it. And maybe if I did have good knees, it would be something to contemplate. But I remember running is kind of what got me in my predicament with my knees to begin with. I don't know if I ever told you guys that. It was when I was uh, living with my folks in Connecticut and I only had two days off. Well, the only two days off a week I had where I wasn't commuting into the city from Connecticut. So the days were long and exhausting. So I didn't really have, didn't make sense to go to the gym. So I would run. There were long runs. And that's kind of when the whole like knee issue, like, or at least is when it became apparent to me. So there's like that kind of association with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Run, running is not something I've ever been good at. So, and that's why you mentioned rugby, as you said, like, oh, you think you should be fitter. And I was like, yeah, but like we've spoken a million times on this podcast about the only way to get good at something is by doing it. You can replicate similar patterns. You can squat as much as you want. You can do as many swings as you want, unless you're doing the actual exercise or sport nothing nothing replicates it and dude it was i was i was struggling like my to tell you the truth my feet hurt more than anything because i think the i call them boots but we call them cleats over here doesn't have a white toe box 
So mm. it felt as though it, my foot, instead of being flat, ideally, because almost every shoe I have now for working out is of a very wide toe box. My feet are spread out. feels good. feels much better. These are a little, like, I could feel, like, my foot on the outside. It's, like, kind of, like, not blistering, but a little sensitive. And yeah. that was really, like, what what hurt. Like, actually, the next day, my knees actually felt great. Like, they didn't feel like I did anything crazy. And uh, that just made me think about, like, if I was to do it again, but... Uh, it's also getting a lot colder now and I do mm -hmm. not miss being out on the cold when you can't feel your hands, but there, there is something to be said about, uh, dude, it had it'd been 16 years since I played 16 years. And there were moments where, like I said to Dave and anyone else, I was like, I was never any good when I played, but for 16 years, I was like, it kind of didn't miss that much of a beat, which was kind of crazy. Cause if you talk about muscle memory and just like, and uh, it, it was it was kind of cool to think that it'd been that long and i think david said me and him were the eldest two there i know david's only how old is david again 29 david's 12 12 12 no. so and me being 31 i was like i'm the oldest here that everyone's younger so me saying 16 years was some of them were like 20 so so like not play for almost as long as they've lived no. um but um yeah, I'm. I'm glad David got me. It was a long. It was a, a bit of a mission to get out there and get back. Like I left here around five ish and get back here till ten. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I definitely think you should come if it's touch, it's non-contact, it's like pure cardio, which I think is like great. Um, I don't know. It's also it has the aspect of running where like you don't know when to change direction or whatever, so it keeps you cool guessing. I guess in that aspect. Um, I don't know. Maybe me and David have convinced you to come out one time. Oh no! It's if it's non-contact, like it's just cardio. It, oh. it which is that's the reason why I went. I said if it's non I said if it's contact, yeah. I said I'm not playing, so I don't want to lose my teeth. Um, and that's yeah. usually when people get hurt. <laughs> and I remember, um, it was actually interesting because that same week I thought about like why I didn't go, and I didn't go because of a scheduling conflict. Um, and then I also have like this firefighting thing coming up, so I don't want to like bang my body up. Like, no, right that's fair. That, oh yeah. You had something coming up. Great. I remember saying, yeah, 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 no, that's, um, that's totally fair. But, uh, the other thing was, I remember I was playing, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I was playing ultimate Frisbee back in, uh, college uh -huh. and it was just like, you know, a couple of guys went out, you know, to, uh, it was a, a parking lot. And it was like a Walmart parking lot or something like that. This is in the Bronx. So they got like big parking lots like they kind of do everywhere else in this damn country, except for except New, New York. York. You can't find it in New York, but had a huge parking lot. And we were playing ultimate Frisbee like late at night. And um, there was this guy who just like, I don't know. I think he 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 was a bigger guy than everybody else. Like typically you look at people who play ultimate and they're pretty, you know, light on their feet. Yeah. Um, he was a little bit bigger but anyway long story short you know i go jump up to get the you know frisbee some dude makes a pass i jump up i catch it and the dude like before my legs hit the ground he like sweeped like my feet and then so i just came down on my knees and on the concrete oh because um, it was in a parking lot oh. and then after that it was kind of like a little bit rough and you know i try to play the next play and i was just like nah my my shits are just like done and later on that day my knees or actually it was the next day because it was late at night it was probably like 10 or 11 and the next day my <laughs> knees were just like swollen like 
I've never seen them that swollen before. I might have actually seen them that swollen after I ran my 30 miles. Yeah, I was going to say that. But they were just like like blimps. And it was hard for me to walk, you know, hard for me to bend my knees, shit like that. And all I kept thinking was like how stupid it was. It was like, why did I have to go play, you know, this Mm -hmm. at this time in a parking lot? Like how stupid, blah, blah, blah. You just think about all the things. It's like, why, why did you do it? But it's like, and that was, you know, when I was in my 20s. And, uh, you know, that was that situation, you know, then after that, then I just stopped. And, you know, I think I probably have that somewhere in the back of my head where like, you're going to go play a game with a couple of guys, you just go and do that. And then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, your knees. I remember we were also trying to, um, we were playing a game. I forgot what it was, but we were playing uh basketball. Like this was when we were in 76. We remember when we set up that basketball. Yeah. Game yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. I remember that. And then um, like a couple of guys are just like, oh, concrete. Oh, no, nah, I'm not playing on that. <laughs> you know, where it's like and, you know, you laugh. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know what? Like, they're not wrong for that. Like sometimes that How stuff can people... bang your knees up. It yeah. Just fuck uh, your cool. yeah. Yeah. Easily. You... And then you're just like, then you're injured and nobody wants to be injured. No, exactly. And also, um... especially in this profession yeah you can't move it's like i was talking to a client earlier who's had a bit of bad luck with injuries and it's like it's like every year it's like something else needs to be taken care of Man. so i was relaying with him earlier i was like i feel you as like, i've been in that position myself and it's like it's not easy it's not and he's like and he also he needs his body to move like he's always on his feet i was like i know and he's commission based so like you don't work you don't get paid so it's like all right like three strings of relation right there but going back to what you said was like i don't know how many people I've spoken to with a gym and if they tore the ACL, MCL or something in their Achilles, it's almost nine times out of 10 that they've played softball, baseball or basketball, mm. like, and just with friends. Mm. And it's not even like they're, and you're like, like, yeah, you have to enjoy life. You can't live in fear and just complete safety. But I'm thinking, really? Like you played, that's how someone goes to me whenever they told me like, yeah, ACL. I was like, actually no like how, they just assume they'd be like how'd you tear ACL and I was like because it's got to be the most common knee injury yeah and I wouldn't even bother like I was like oh well recovery is this many weeks I wouldn't even bother telling them what it was because it was like not even going to be worth it but just because that's how common it is and that's literally everyone's injury um but like you said Alex said to me she's like I don't want you playing the rugby because She's like, well, like everything you've been through with your knees, you're really gonna put yourself through it. And that's why I was a little like hesitant. I was like, Oh, is this a bad idea? And I was like, but I also told David I'd come. I was like, I'll come. Like, I think he mm-hmm. came. There's something in mind he came to or showed up for. I was like, I will come. I promise you I'll come to a touch touch session. It was and, kettlebell um, swings. Kettlebell swings. Yes, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. They say, if you come to this, I'll come to rugby. You're right. And he's like, Oh, thanks. I was like, I said I would come. I didn't say when. And then it was nice, but then like they're all like, "So you're gonna play in the tournament?" I was like, <laughs> they try to sign you. They, yeah, they're like, "You gonna?" Play? When it, I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "When is it?" They're like, "It's the Saturday." After. I was like, "I just came here to like to play," and and some of his teammates were because they're they're using it as practice for the build up the tournament, which makes a lot of sense. But I wasn't taking it seriously because I don't have anything. In, I don't. And there was no investment in there for me, yeah. so I'm just like, yeah, yeah. But it it was, dude. It was like. It was like just it's just kind of liberating to think that that's um have been played it, but as you said, the next day I was like, uh, but I think what I attribute to that recovery is all the strength training that we do in the other in the time yeah. that we're spending in the gym, which I wasn't really doing when I was playing. Yeah, 
I didn't really train. And for example, before we uh before we played, I had the mini band doing the glue activation, which I would have never done 10, 15, 20 years ago. Just one of this didn't know about it, right? And like that stuff that I think you see more of like when you when you were at the new camp, you mm-hmm. saw all the players doing that stuff. Like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I don't think you saw them using bands in right. the in those leagues. I don't think you did. I think that's something the last five years, at least not warming up in the game before the game in practice, maybe, but now. I like you see Saquon Barkley like every week, and this guy's like a powerhouse, right? Yeah. So he he's doing the back glute band work all the time. So um, it just goes to say show that I think that strength has so much more, so much so much of a role and responsibility, and you feeling good. And I know it was someone that walked with us. I did the marathon one year, and he said the difference between training and not training was like a day of recovery in the sense that if he didn't, he'd done a marathon before and he was like so uncomfortable for two days. But the mm-hmm. fact that he'd been strength training and doing a lot of lateral training and lateral lunges, things of that nature, meant his recovery day was halved. Like like he was yeah. kind of sore for one day and it wasn't that bad. And like by Tuesday, if it was on a Sunday, he was good to go, like pretty normal. So that was just something I took away. But I don't know if you had any, any closing thoughts on this. No, closing thoughts are, you know, it's it's helpful to, you know, understand what sport you're going into, when you're going into play, who your opponent is, like knowing how many factors there are and, you know, plan for each and every one of them as best as you can. So that way you have the best outcome, you know, whether it's, you know, getting acclimated to the temperature or, you know, focusing on building that team culture, which I think is super important for team sports um or taking the time out to understand your opponents and like you know prep for that and who you're going to face uh, both psychologically and physically and then um you know just making sure that you're taking all the proper precautions to get your body ready primed up for that day and then even like intergame or like right before you get on or when you're on your break like still focus on prepping the body because the body isn't like you just turn it on and turn it off. Like you have to like focus consistently on make sure, making sure that it's ready for whatever's about to happen and training helps with that. And uh, yeah, that's about it. No, well said. I can agree more. That's well said. All right, y'all. We will catch you next time. Thanks guys. Stay, stay healthy. Stay strong. See ya. Peace. See ya guys. Peace.